Hello and welcome to another episode of Menace to Sobriety. Thanks for sticking with us, this beautiful podcast. We've grown such a wicked community. I love you guys and uh, welcome to another episode. I'm very excited. Uh, I've got a guest in today, which I'm going to introduce. And it's the first time that uh, we're speaking with a guest with my beautiful co-host, Kirk Norcross. But before, let me introduce the guest and then Kirk, you can say hi. Hold on. So today we have got Eddie Cobb, founder of Adapt, um, which is a charity which helps addicts seek recovery from addiction free of charge. Uh, Eddie herself started using alcohol and drugs from a young age. And today she'll be sharing her experiences of addiction, rehabilitation, and also, which a lot of people have been talking about, uh, being a partner of an addict. Uh Eddie, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Dan. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm okay. A little bit nervous. Oh, don't be nervous. It's all good fun. And Kirk, welcome back. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, Ed? How you doing, Dan? We good? Yeah, this is good, this is a this is a new dynamic. So you've got both of us here. So we might we might be chipping in. Uh, John, how are you? No camera for John today. No camera for me today, sadly. Um, but yeah, that is just because I don't have the technical skills to to fix it. But yeah, no, I'm doing good. Just good, got man. back from Edinburgh. Nice yeah. to be back. Edinburgh, yeah. Edinburgh. All right, John. Thank you for having us. We're going to get straight into this. Um, but first off, yeah, have you you've never met Kirk before? You've heard of Kirk? I've heard of Kirk only yep. through a couple of friends this weekend. Yep. I said I was coming on your podcast and said, "Oh, Kirk might be there." And my friends were like, "Oh my god!" Oh wow, you still got some <laughs> <Can> fans. <we> <laughs> that's, still... that's the only ones living left now. Like, yeah, that's... he was he was a bit of a heartthrob. I'm not going to lie, bit of a ladies' man. Yeah, now was now, a bit of a dick though. Yeah, he was a bit <laughs> of. A, I think that's the that's the basis of this podcast. Everyone was a bit of a dick back yeah. in the day. Um, but yeah. Uh, well, tell him, tell, tell him he's single as well. Actually, at the moment, he's out. He's out. He's on just, the market. Yeah, I've just joined back on Hinge. The, the dating yeah. site. Yeah, they kicked me off it. Yeah. So I'm back now. But um, uh, yeah, and listen, let's just do a little bit of background. Kirk, Eddie knows. Eddie met. This is how Eddie ended up on the podcast. She actually met my beautiful wife, Shelley, didn't you? Yes, at number one boot camp. He did oh, in nice. 2020. Yeah. 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 No, 2019 actually. Yeah. Um, lovely lady. And. Um, yeah, did she? Yeah, I, I can't remember what I was getting. How did the, sorry, how did the talk? Did you know, was you in sobriety then? No. No, no. And Shelley never mentioned anything to me about your problems at the time either. Yeah. Um, Adapt was fairly new. Yeah. Um, and I took some annual leave and, and went off to boot camp. And more recently, I've been trying to get the word out about Adapt. Yeah. And I, I thought of her. I thought, well, I saw your podcast. And yeah. I messaged her saying, Shell, look, please, can you make Dan aware of the charity? Yeah, yeah, get yeah. Him to talk about it. Um, and then she contacted She was like, oh, my God, the charity is good, but she's better. You've got to get that. She, she, <laughs> she's like, right, let's all. You're going to run the bloody podcast. <laughs> can we can we hear about the charity before, before the talk? What? Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. yeah, of course you can. Um, so I founded Adapt in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally it was like a dry house setting for people that had completed treatment that were looking for a halfway house. Um, and in Oxford, there's no dry houses. So people are going off to treatment and then unable to come back to be mm. with their families because there's right. just nowhere safe for them in Oxford. Yeah. Um, and my partner at the time, Steve, he, he always said to me, he said, you're always supporting other people. Why don't you look into a counseling degree? And I thought, I, I don't want to be doing that. You know, I've got enough of my own problems and I'm such a caretaker yeah. um, that I would just be going home and kind of living other people's, you know, traumas Issues, and yeah. wanting to help them. And, yeah. um, and I had my son Jack in 2016. I didn't go back to work with him. And then yeah. I fell pregnant with India. 
Mm. Um, and I wanted to be my own boss. Um, and I thought, well, what can I do? And I thought, there's no dry houses. Let's open up a dry house. So no experience. I've never been to uni, um, never been to college. Um, and went, you know, went to my parents and said, this is what I want to do. Um, and they said, go for it. We'll, we'll support you. Um, so I managed to raise enough funds um, to open up the first house mm. and that filled up pretty quickly and then I opened up the second house and it's just taken off. We've now got 10 houses. Wow. Well done. Um, and I wanted unique supported housing. So dry houses that, you know, an addict goes into after treatment, they just have a house group per week and I wanted more structure. Yes. So I wanted to introduce counselling um, and just a little bit unique, a little bit more structure. I like that. Um, I think it's key, it's, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's, I think structure is really, well, really yeah, important. That's the word recovery. that just hit it out to me was structure because I feel a lot of people that I know that have gone to rehab um, become sober in rehab mm -hmm. and they learn a lot, but they only learn a lot in rehab with yeah. that structure that people get when they're in rehab. And then they're like, right, see you later, good. And they're like, oh shit, you were giving me structure. So I think what you said and what you're trying to bring is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you come out into this big wide world and it's like, Oh my gosh, mm. you know, you lose that bubble. I don't know if either of you have been to treatment, mm. but you're you're in a bubble, you know? Mm. And then you come out and it's like, what am I what am I doing? Yeah. Like the oh, I'm used to using, you know, I'm yeah. used to avoiding how I feel right now. Yeah. What, what am I doing, you know? Um and I was fortunate enough to have um, you know, I went to private residential treatment a few times. Yeah. Um and there's been I don't know if you know, but there's been huge government cuts. Really? People aren't getting treatment. Um, yeah, there's just no money. It's just know? it's 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 crazy that you say that because I get a little bit of backlash on online and and people reaching out, but rightly so. Where people got people going, oh, if you've got money, you can get sober, but if you're skint, you're fucked. That's yeah. that's kind of how it is, though. Dan. Yeah, that that yeah. is true. That's not your that's not your fault. No, I know, I know, I know, but that's why I say yeah. I relate to. It. I can sit. I don't yeah. relate to it, but I mean, I'm like, yeah, the 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 the, the, the fact that. You know, I did have money and stuff like that. <coughs> yeah, but if, if, if uh, you know, uh, there's so many things that go into that as well. That if you haven't got, if, if, the, if you haven't got money or a nice house or a good job and da da da, and the only thing you do have is alcohol and yeah. drugs, it's even harder to get sober. But, but you, ha, ha, how, what can you do for the NHS in regards to rehab? Can you do anything? So at the moment, it's a lot of people still. Don't, so we there's a local drug service, yeah. and I think a lot of local drug services is about them getting their own clients clean which right. is really sad whereas i'm all in it together like let's help everybody it's yeah. not yeah. about numbers it's about getting families back together yeah and getting people clean you know ha off the streets what was your um obviously what what was the main thing that really wanted you to to do these help others yeah well, seeing, with the structure that's different to sort of just a rehab um seeing the struggle in people yeah seeing people so personal you know, experience really want personal experience yeah. of, of the pain empathizing with their situation mm. I think but it's thinking better, isn't it? how, how is this fair it's like okay I was lucky enough for my parents providing me with money to go to treatment but this guy over here is crying out for some help and it's like no we don't have the money to help you yeah so I met a um, I had two houses and I was managing it on my own I was taking my daughter India she was seven months at the time she was wow. coming with me to the houses I was doing little check-in groups making sure that they were going to meetings like giving them a little bit of step work each day yeah getting them to do like a feelings diary and just genu like creating a community that's, it's really, that's what adapt it's, is it's a lot to take on in it and it was a lot to take on mm. and i met someone who worked in a residential rehab and he said i'm really interested in coming to see what you do and i yeah. said well i 
can't afford to employ anyone at the moment um but that would be wonderful um and so i did a sleep out on the streets for 48 hours and raised 12,000 pounds oh, wow, wow. Well done. which enabled me to open up the second house basically and he came along matt came along in june 2020 and I said, look, I really want to introduce some groups. So he, what he did at this private treatment center that cost £5,000 a week, he introduced to ADAPT. And now we've got 10 houses. Wow. Fucking and hell. we've got a team And this is therapist. all free? This is all free? All free of charge, Dan, yeah. So, so how, how, do you get, how do you manage to maintain the finances on this? So we run off donations. Wow, this is fucking amazing. I love yeah, this. And it's good. We could, do, we could help something like this. I'd love to, honestly. I really, when the minute you said structure, because that's... When you're in uh, active addiction, you have no structure. The only structure is go A to B, get yeah. drugs, stay there yeah. until you run out. Dealer flat, dealer flat. Yeah, dealer flat, and, and dealer yeah. that's like from personal experience as well, why you're doing it is, is more appealing to me mm. because um, I always find it very hard when maybe a doctor or a psychiatrist or anyone that is trying to help people with addiction that has not gone through it. They try their best. Good well, on they, them. They, they really give you do. medication. Yeah, you know, and they're you like, know? well, we don't know how to cure you, so we're just going to mm. dose you up and leave you like that. So, like Ed, from personal experience doing it, that, that I love that, and yeah, I'd love to love to help yeah. in any well, way, you know. There's, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm going to try and turn mates group. We might, it might be worth a chat. I'm going to try and turn mates into a charity because I've been raising money uh, through, uh, well, I've been selling merchandise in mate and helping pay for some of the studio space and the editor and. And John charges a fucking fortune. Mm, no, hello, hands. but uh, hands. mate has been sponsoring the podcast. But the the guys in the mates group, there's like forty thousand lads in there. They want to fucking, they they're like, oh, do events and we pay money and do go karting yeah. and all this. I could raise all this money and we could we could talk about that after. But just going on what you said, Kirk, it all comes from experience. Let's get into your story. Talk to me. Uh, talk to me about about your life, about your addiction. How did it start? What where did it I mean you asked me when we were having a coffee before it's such an interesting question isn't it but when when did it when did it start what was it talk us through it tell us your story so, so I grew up in you know very privileged background uh, my father was very hardworking, still is yeah. works in the city um, and my parents are very old school so we don't talk about feelings um, John yeah gone so they don't we don't talk about feelings mm. it wasn't like we sat down at the dinner table saying how's everyone feeling today you know mm. it was i'm okay i'm okay um and as i've got an older bro uh, brother and sister there's quite a big age gap and we all went to private school boarding schools so my brother went to boarding school age seven mm. um and i went off to boarding school age 13 and i really struggled with my weight as a a, a a young girl um and from the age of five i started overeating so i would be eating my mum. i mean there were nowadays there's so much kind of education on sugar and the dangers mm. of sugar and but back in the day there wasn't right um and my mum didn't have a clue there was like a tiny fizzy drinks cupboard and we had loads yeah. of shit in the you know like chocolate bars and um and my mother was quite an angry woman Mm. Um, so I, I felt quite unsafe. I never right. knew what mood she was going to be in. And, mm. and I guess from the age of five, that's when I started avoiding how I felt. I didn't know what the feeling was um, at the time. And I started, and that's when the kind of shame, what I now know to be shame, I'd hide the wrappers behind the sofa. And then my mum would oh, say, wow. darling, you know, mm. stop eating. Um, wow. And I think for addicts, shame is like a mm. god, you know. Um, 
And at school, I was bullied really, really, really badly. Oh, God. And I wanted my mum, you know, and I, and I didn't, I couldn't have her because I was yeah. at school mm. and I didn't have a phone. Um, and I never spoke about it because I believed everything that I was being told. So when it was like, you're fat, you're ugly, you're ginger, yeah. I wouldn't talk about it because it was like, well... well it's true, uh, it's, yeah. It's true, it's you know. It's hard, it's so um, hard. So, oh, man. It, yeah, it was really, really tough, really tough. Just just, just on that, because I, I want us to carry on, but I can see that it's, it's, quite, it's quite triggering talking about it. I can imagine, like it is for, for all of us, when we, when, we, when we talk about what... Once we find what we believe is like the base, like the beginning of our problems, and it's uh, and it's so interesting that you say, um, you know, you, you didn't you didn't want to feel a certain way, and it's almost like the chocolate and the sweets would take mm -hmm. that away from you, mm -hmm. and then you'd be filled with shame, and it's like, and that's where you kind of see your addictive behaviour. And you said something really interesting to me outside food, like food eating, eating eating addiction is the worst thing because you have to eat to survive, like you yeah. said. Yeah. Um, so carry on. Sorry, I just found that so interesting. It's such a weird... It's we a really, really hard one. Yeah. And I think I, uh, my battle with food is ongoing. I mean, so when I started using, I for my first drug of choice was Coke, right. um, which a lot of people start taking cannabis, but mine was cocaine. And where was that at the boarding um, school? That was in London. Right. So it was with some friends and it was... Uh, like unbelievable i was like i finally found something that took me out of myself mm. you what know? age what age was you at this? 15 F wow, 15 yeah. yeah so my using progressed very very quickly um i was smoking a lot of cannabis taking a lot of cocaine um and then methadrone came on the scene mm. what is methadrone uh mcat like plant food oh fucking hell yeah i've had that i've had a little little yeah splatter of that. have you had a go on that yeah i'd rattle <laughs> like you wouldn't believe like it's horrible, horrible, and that knowing that, that this is plant food. But you know why I done it at that time? It was cheap for me, and, and it, it wasn't when it first came out. It wasn't illegal because it wasn't yeah. a drug. Yeah, like so there was they had to. I think like I, twenty quid a gram. You could buy loads on online. Yeah, yeah you could order in bulk. I used to go to yeah, yeah. yeah. I used and to go it, to Victoria <laughs> Station, and they you could yeah. take your passport, and these people used to sell it. I think well, it like hundred grams at a time. It took Fuck. a year or two before them to make it uh, class. Yeah, they could make Just it before class I went A or B. Treatment, I think. Yeah, so so I was like. We're not doing a drug. <clears throat> I, I'm using something to take me out. But it was plant yeah. food. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was Japanese plant food. Was it? That's yeah. insane. Yes, yeah, mad. But th that that was just completely normal, wasn't it? It wasn't. Fuck. I've now gone from cocaine, which is still bad, mm. but designed for that purpose. Mm. This has been to make plants grow quick, fast, vibrant colour. Oh, I'll stick that out my nose. Yeah. It's all right. I remember it. it was incredibly addictive. It took out it took out a lot of my friends at uni, methadrone. That yeah. was like that was guys who weren't drug users just like became drug users. Because it that. wasn't a drug at first. Yeah. It was it was fucking And hell. the come downs were uh, raw, that, 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 that's I really done it I, I done it once. I done it once and I remember I found myself sat on Clapham Common uh, watching people doing fitness in the morning. It was like, f f like six o'clock in the morning. I was just crying my eyes out because I was like, I've been sniffing this fucking stuff and they're all going for runs and that. Mm. And then I never done it again. Yeah. I'd piss myself as well, by the way. Good. So go Ed, sorry, when you first started the coke and the marijuana, um, was that purely for party vibes at first or was that to take away what you would have had food for before? Well, I didn't know what it would do. No? So it was more of a like, oh yeah, cool. Experience. And I just, I guess I wanted to fit in. Yeah. I wanted to yeah, be liked. Yeah. You know, yeah. I wanted to be part of, I didn't feel Did, part of. So you found throughout your, from let's say from the age of five to 15, did you, the minute you'd done drugs, did you then think, oh, yeah. I've got, I've, I've yeah. got a group. That, it, that yeah. relief of like, yeah. oh. and, and your inner, inner, inner 
group of friends which you've got similarities. It doesn't care what you look like, where you're from, your weight, your height, yeah. your race. Yeah. We all do drugs. And then once belonging. I saw that I was losing weight, so I wouldn't eat, mm. and I was just taking. Oh, so it just. So I lost, within six months lost ten stone. Wow. I mean, I was really, really <laughs> withdrawn before I went to treatment. I was really, really poorly, and I remember I didn't see my mother. I went for lunch with my mother um, in Chelsea when I was living in London. And she said, please tell me you're not smoking cannabis. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if only you knew. Yeah. Shit. You know? Yeah. This is... Uh, go on, carry on. This so is... Was you getting what you wanted from drugs at first? Yeah. Yeah. And was that was that everything from uh, peace of mind, just a bit of relaxing, yeah. weight loss, everything? Avoidance of myself. Yeah. yeah. Having nope. to sit with myself and my feelings. And so what could have... And I, we're going to hear more of your story, and I'd love to, but we should, I just want to break it down in snippets because I can imagine... I, I love it that you have come from a private school environment. Yeah, affluent family. You know, it's a very different perspective. Because it shows this can target anyone, mm -hmm. you know. People say, oh, well, just because you might have grew up in this council... It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It really doesn't. No. Um, but... So the, 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 the drugs, it obviously, it was, it was, was it a coping mechanism, coping, coping mechanism? What would you have needed at that time professionally rather than, than medical? Like, because you was, you was feeling uncomfortable in yourself. What could have so been a replacement the, the, for drugs? At school, they tried to get me help. So I was complaining of migraines and it was all psychological, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to be at school. So I was saying, I'm really ill. I'm really suffering with migraines, you know, but now I know today that that was psychological. Right. So that but like no, I guess no one knew where to help me, you know, so the school, I remember they got me in like a gym membership at the school and that was just mm. embarrassing. Like, can you imagine Fucking age 14, hell. 15 and you're walking out of the school yeah. to go to, to the gym in town? Like it was horrendous. What, That's did, fucking what awful. did a 15 year old, uh, 15 year old you need? Like, I mean, clinically, medically, loving, spiritually. If anyone else is at She needed a now, fucking mum. Yeah, I mean, what? I needed my mum, and, and that's not... I love my mum to bit. Mm. She would, you know, yeah, get yeah. rid of all her limbs for me. She's done so much for yeah. me. But I, I think she's experienced her own trauma. Yeah. And when you don't... Haven't dealt with any of yeah. that trauma, you're just, mm. it's generational trauma, so you're yeah. you're just passing it down. <laughs> yeah. and, and, also, and also, like, look, the, the, she's describing... Uh, Eddie's describing something here that... Millions of people go through. The, the, that's why I want to know. Yeah. What would you give your 15-year-old self now rather than drugs? In case there is someone that is just about to go down the same yeah. route that you did. Talk, what, find someone that you yeah. can trust and talk talk to them about yeah, it. It's counselling. Yeah. And and what aspect? Counselling. Yeah. Talk yeah. to someone at school. You know. But I... It, it's really tough, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. But I'm just hopefully someone's watching it. Well, yeah. if someone's watching it, talk to me. Yeah. And, and they can get you. to you, you know via I mean? your I'll Instagram. I'll guide you somewhere, yeah. you know? Yeah, we'll um, put your Instagram. Instagram. So, yeah, you can carry on. I just wanted to, just in case yeah, no, someone right. just about to go down that road, because they need love or, or worry about their weight, they're like, right, well, this is where she goes. In a minute, they're going to hear where it ended up. But hopefully, now they can reach out to you and you've been just there. drugs are not the solution. Put Perfect. That That's all I wanted to know. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, and then in 2019, so I went home and my mum hadn't seen me for ages and she said, well, you know, where's my daughter gone? I was so skinny. I was so ill. Um, and a, a flatmate, I was living with a, another girl called Edwina, funnily enough. Oh, wow. Um, and <laughs> she went away because her boyfriend's mum, uh, died and I completely trashed the flat. It looked, I mean, it, we got reports from the kind of local neighborhood saying this is either a brothel or a drug den. Wow. And we got thrown out of that flat. So I was, she, we were both homeless. Um, and I said to my mum, I was like, I'm going to go to India. I think that is, that's my solution. Let's go traveling mm. to India. 
of all places. <laughs> wow. Um, and India was beautiful. I didn't really do what I wanted to do. Did you go with your mum? No, 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 no. I went with a couple of friends who were on their gap year. So we, people left school and then went traveling and then yeah, before they yeah, went yeah. to uni, that was kind of the way things yeah. were, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, it was, I started to notice that something might be wrong because people, so they, I left school at 16. I was, I, I really struggled academically. Um, and I left school, moved to London and my friends finished school at 17, 18 went on their gap year and then went to uni. But as they're on their gap year, they're in London. So I had people yeah. that I could use with. And then they all went to uni and I was like, where is everyone? Yeah. Where is everyone? You're ready you know? to, you want to And I, I was using and I was looking at people like, you know, people would be going to work at like six in the morning. I'd be like, you're fucking losers. Yeah. Look at you, you need yeah. to be experiencing what I'm experiencing. Yeah. No care in the world. Look at you on the rat run, you know, but look at me. You can do what I want when I want. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that, was, yeah. that was how we felt truthfully yeah. back then, wasn't it? You know? And it all came to a head when when someone contacted my mum and said, look, we're really worried about Edwina. Um, and my parents, we, I, I had this private doctor and then I went to see the psychiatrist. Um, and at that point as well, I was drinking a litre of vodka. So Fucking hell. I was drinking a litre of vodka. And when I went to India, you, could, you can get benzos out there quite yeah. easily. I don't know if you can anymore, but I bought back 3000 Valium. And at the time, I had no idea how risky that was, you know, because I stopped in Dubai. Right, so oh you've shit, got sniffer yeah. dogs and I had no, I was that naive that I, I mean, it was probably a good thing that I didn't, I wasn't aware because otherwise I would have been really anxious at the airport. Yeah. Um, so I was, I detoxed off 300 mil of Valium and a litre of vodka before I went into treatment. Fucking hell. Um, and that was because my parents had started to figure out that someone rung my mum. They knew there was a problem and money was cut from me. So I used to get an allowance. I had my mum's credit card mm. um, and that was all stripped from me. And I thought, shit. Did you yeah. know at this point that you was doing too much? Yes, but what's interesting is, so when I started drinking, I used to drink to blackout. Right. And I, and my friends used to say to me, why don't you drink? And I said, because when I drink, I can't control it. Mm. Which was really, so I couldn't admit that around the drugs, but I'd say, you don't want to see me drinking. Yeah. I can't control it. And well, I don't really like it anyway. Well, I was the same as you. The reason I don't like who I become when I drink, that's why I never really drunk anyway. I'm a horrible person. Yeah. I, I really am. I'm horrible. But I didn't mind admitting that I had some kind of problem with drink because it was such a common thing. Yeah. The drugs is still a taboo subject. The minute you say you have a drug problem, people are like, ugh. Mm. If you say, oh, I just don't like who I am when I drink, they're like, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's yeah. you know. So I was very much like you on that. So yeah. admitting to that, yeah, like you know, I would if I would drink, I would drink alcoholically, like you. So, like my my missus at the time would be up in bed, and she's like, "You've taken a fucking piss," and I'm like, "I've got to make out. I'm not on it." So I'd neck her. She'd have a bottle of wine in the fridge, like most most women probably would. She'd have a glass while she's cooking. Yeah. I'd just neck the whole bottle of wine. Just to black out. That that was my method. Like brilliant, well thinking, Kirk. You know. So yeah, I'm, I understand. Yeah. The, to admit in the drinks, but yeah. so was you enjoying it at this point? The India coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I was enjoying it. Even the, even my the, using was uh, a lot of it was. Uh, even fun, the litre bottle of vodka a day that was. I can't really remember a lot. Yeah, I was going to say like because. I yeah. think what I struggled with eventually, I felt really isolated a lot. Because you were the only one, and, and that's what happens. People you know, a lot left of people, you. People left me. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and I'm not one for tough love. I don't believe in he's using, she's using, kick him out. I yeah, think it's no, about really loving someone through it. But you, you can love someone through it with boundaries and say, look, yeah. I love you enough that I need to step back. Yes. When yeah. you're ready, I'm here, you know. Yeah. Like when my friends, I've had a lot of people relapse. I've, I've been to quite a few funerals, people that have died from addiction. And wow. when my friends, you know, go out there and relapse, I'm, I'm there, you know, but I keep myself safe. Even if it's a little tech saying, yeah. I love you. Like, Boundaries. I'm here for you. Yeah. It's, yeah. But I'm not going around the house and cooking for them. And do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I think it's really important I, because I, as addicts, don't we feel, I felt really alone, yeah. really yeah. isolated. I felt like poison. You know? Yes. I find that I find that such a tricky one because and it's so important because we've got many partners of people that are, are struggling uh, that watch and listen and um, I, unfortunately I needed um, Shelley to have had enough of me for me to hit my rock bottom but um, I get I 100% get what you're saying and I think it, it, if say for instance your partner is completely just ruining everything and treating you like shit and everything like that like you say you can mix the both you can be like look me and the kids or me or whatever we can't be around this I think a but I'm here a partner's addiction is very different to a yeah. friend's you know oh, okay. I've experienced okay. yeah. you know that as well yeah we're going um, we're, get, we're getting to that yeah it's oh you were sort of saying for your friends yeah. yeah so i went off to treatment and so my parents said look you can either come live with us mm -hmm. right. or you can go to treatment and i was like i'll go to treatment <laughs> okay, now. what was your full process with that one i thought rehab was for the rich and famous right and so rock stars a, i was yeah. like i've got a problem i'm not in the streets right like, i'm all right Everyone, yeah. I'm 19, everyone's using, yeah. like, yeah. you know. So you did, still didn't think you had a problem? I, I didn't yeah. understand addiction. Yeah, yeah, I didn't good, understand yeah. the concept of addiction. No, yeah. And I thought, I just need to go. You know, like that, when you said, what did you need at 15? I thought, maybe that took me back to that 15-year-old of, the, I just need to talk about the trauma, yeah. and then I'll be all right. Yeah, and also, like, I've got to show everyone that I'm doing something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I went off to treatment, and there was a therapist there called Fonny, and he said... We studied the the big book, and he said, "You know, you you can never use again." I was like, "What? Yeah, what? That, I'm 19. That's hard when you. I'm hear just that. here to deal with a few little issues that I've got." Mm. <laughs> and that's so the funny, uh, that's the AA book you're talking about, isn't yes. it? The big book. Yeah. What we do in CA. So whenever yeah. anyone says the big book, it's one book. Alcoholics Anonymous has been going around. There's some changes. A lot of been changes being made, isn't there, Edwina? But yeah. It's got some really good points. Did you have to highlight bits? Yeah, I had to highlight How highlighted? What did I identify How highlighted was your book? Yeah. <laughs> so they say highlight stuff that... How long uh, are you identify with? Yeah, 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 literally. You have a look at everyone it, in yeah, the programme. Their book's just highlighted you. Are you like, is it, can I not just highlight the bits I don't get? Exactly. Take more time. Yeah. Like, you're just flicking through it thinking, I can't write notes on this because the book is the note, you know. But yeah, so anyway, when it, Ed says um, the big book is AA, yeah. it is a lifesaver, I think, you know. Yeah. Um, sorry. So I went on to treatment uh, to South Africa. I did my detox in London um, and then flew off to Cape Town um, and spent three months there. Came back and it was around Christmas time. So I moved in, went to my parents for Christmas and then went into a dry house um, in London um, and very quickly. So I got into the meetings. I was doing loads of meetings and they always suggest like take a year out of work, stay out of relationships um, yeah. and yeah, I mean, nowadays, I think early, like when you're that young, maybe fine, like yeah. take take some time out. But I don't really, I don't really agree with that now. You know, I think it's important. Get back to your roots. Get back on the horse in a sense. Give yourself yeah. a purpose. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I agree with like, that. A purpose is like having, yeah. Yeah. waking up, so, like this morning, Dan, getting up really early, going boxing. Going yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's really important for your you, mental health. If you take that time off that they suggested all them years ago, 
you've got too much time on your hands, too much a time year to think. Out doing what? Yeah, yeah. So what? You, oh, I love, I love your journey, and love, I love what you're saying. You do, you do need to not throw yourself mm. in the deep end. Not, so much pressure. You need to get a job or even help if it's someone. volunteering. Yeah, exactly. yeah, go and help the homeless or go and yeah, do whatever I, you love. Giving you know? back is always good after giving back is really, really important. Because when yeah. we was addicts, we took, 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 took. Yeah. It was me, 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 me. So doing something voluntarily. That's why when you go to a meeting, uh, did you go NACA or? So I think they're pretty much the same in the sense of you go to a meeting, you go there same same night every week and they say get a duty at this meeting. Mm. So you either give out leaflets at the end, you collect the chairs or you make the teas. Yeah. It sounds like they're just asking you to help, but they're not. You're slowly giving back. So the volunteering, like everything you're saying is so great for people to learn about. I think I think just 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 quickly on that, um, I don't know, we keep stopping her, <laughs> but, we, but there's so much. And and, and like, I, I just, I, this is why I love having guests because what you're saying, it just triggers us to unpick bits and, and share bits. But um, I think the most important part about that is, you know, like you kind of touched on it earlier, is when you're when you're when you've spent a, a, a extended period of time drinking heavily and using drugs and stuff like that, you don't feel nothing, do you? Mm. And then when you're sober, you fucking feel everything. Well, well, I always say to people, if you want to find out why you use drugs, stop using drugs. Yeah, brilliant. Fucking hell. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, and then and then, and it will hit you. You'll feel it. You'll start feeling. Why are you drunk? Yeah. Yeah. Great. So true. Such as you'll think about it because you've been st stopping yourself thinking about it with the drink and drugs. Yeah. Wow. You know what? You, it's that. Yeah, I, every, you're you're great. You're, yeah. <laughs> you're very loving in a sense of you've you've gone through so much. Um, you've had it hard and help at the same time. You don't really need to help someone out. So it shows what kind of character yeah, she yeah. is. And and we only get that from pain. There is a small uh, minority of people that will help that have never gone through trauma. They've just born with this. I want to help. But the people that really suffered. They don't want someone feeling what they felt. Yeah. So that, and this is why I do this podcast. This is why I try and be as as much as on the the bad mental health as I can to try and help people. So yeah, I'm gonna always interrupt you because I want to break down your story because it's so great. Yeah, like as much as it's mm. horrible and you know it's yeah, it can save yeah. many people's lives. So well, e um, every addiction story is different, but they're also exactly the same. Yeah, it's yeah. Like the same yeah. longing and need. And you're right, mate. Um, so yeah, so you're in the dry house. So I'm living in the dry house, was told not to get into a relationship. I got into a relationship. Uh, but I was, uh, so I was doing a lot of meetings. So it was about meetings, network. And, and I went to my first meeting in South Africa. But when I came back to London, I had a home group in Chelsea, Pont Street, 1 p.m., 1 o'clock. Um, and I kind of looked around the room and I thought, you're all a bunch of commoners. <laughs> I, don't, I don't identify with you. You don't know where I'm from. Mm. Uh, no wonder you're addicts because you've had fuck all, you know, yeah. like that judgmental, yeah. opinionated. Mm -hmm. um, and I was l listening to the differences. And, and, you know, everyone was a heroin addict. You know, you meet yeah. a lot of heroin addicts, you meet a lot of crack cocaine addicts. And I really struggled with that, you know, and I, I, I kind of I didn't believe myself. And I, I just thought I, I don't belong here. And I guess I always felt like that. So it was like the same narrative yeah. that I was feeding myself of I don't belong here. You know, I don't belong anywhere. Mm. Um, I mean, my first suicide attempt was I was 12 years old and I tried to drown myself in the bath. Wow. Um, so I always had that kind of sense of not belonging and not feeling worthy of, of anything. And, and I was doing that kind of coffee shop recovery, you know, going to meetings four times a day. 
Um, are you okay, Kirk? I'm good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, it, sorry, it triggers him a little no, bit. No, no, I, it's I all right. no. It's all right. No, it's been a tough weekend, yeah. but we're good. Cool. Oh, you, what, what, you started me off now. <laughs> sorry. So, no, no, sorry. It's, yeah, go on. Um, and I was doing meetings, meeting, coffee shop recovery, basically. I wasn't looking at myself. I was still running for myself. And I got into this relationship. I'd moved out of the dry house and, and got a flat in Putney. And this guy ended it with me. And I couldn't cope with the feelings. And that's yeah. what it comes down to. I could not cope with how I felt. Yeah, no, that's And yeah. I reached for the vodka. And that was my first relapse of six months clean. Fucking hell. It's, hell yeah. it's mad, isn't it? And, and do you feel that that could have been, as well as there's a structural program with NACAAA, from personal experience, and I only go on personal experience, there, I think there needs to be some kind of help or guidance to help people with... New feelings, let's call them, because we've hid our feelings since we were teenagers. But then you have a sponsor. But I had that. I had that all in treatment, so I was right. taught around. But I guess I was just young. I was naive. Mm. I wasn't really. I can't really. I didn't understand. But it's a self about the disease it's concept. A, that 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 one hundred percent was me. As soon as something pissed me off, as soon as something was out of my control, yeah. as soon as and mine was all abandonment issues. Yeah. As soon as I felt like I, someone or you know things weren't going my way, or I was going to end up on my own, I was like, do you know what? If everyone's gonna fuck me, then I'll fuck myself. Bang! Yeah. Press the button, and uh, or oh, I don't want to deal with this. Doosh, doosh. Yeah, you know, and exactly and uh, you know, you can't. It's an impulse, right? Yeah, one million percent. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like how I felt, and that first time I you I relapsed, I thought now I understand obsession and compulsion. Yeah, because I think once you put the drugs down, you go to treatment. You kind of not, yeah yeah identify with that, but the, you I really felt it, and I thought shit. But I got honest about it. I went to a meeting. That kind of just carried on. Like, Did that relapse help you? Mm. Uh, as dangerously as it sounds it's hard to you shouldn't say we, yeah it's hard to yeah. say it like that in it where this is the water we yeah yeah I, just I don't I learned the hard way yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's what I say yeah and, yeah, and yeah. a lot of people don't come back from that, well that's, that's what I've said so many to times, anyone yeah. who's thinking oh I might give that a go please don't yeah, please don't. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no chance, no promise. <laughs> you of might recovery. not come. You don't know when you're going to come back. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's it's not I, like oh I'm just going to drink tonight. We kid ourselves into thinking nobody needs to know. Yeah. And that could be the end of it. You know? Yeah. Um, that terrifies me. Yeah. It doesn't work. So I was in and out, in and out of recovery. <laughs> I wasn't, still wasn't doing any step work. And I met uh, Steve, the father of my children. Um, he was actually living in a dry house with my ex at the time. And he was with someone. He was in a relationship when I was going out with his roommate. And uh, I don't know what happened, but we got back in, co we got in contact, basically. And cut a long story short, ended up together. Right. Um, he'd just come out of the relationship and he said, look, I'm not, I'm not looking for anything. Um, I've just come out of this relationship and, um, and then kind of a few months into our friendship, uh, he said, look, I've fallen in love with you and, oh. and I, I really want to be with you. Wow. So we ended up together and, um, he, I didn't know that he'd relapsed and right. he's a heroin addict. Oh God. Um, and that introduced me to a whole new level of, of addiction. Mm. Um, I don't like to differentiate drugs, but heroin is mm. is a drug that is. It, it, there's no words to describe it's it. Dark. I mean, for, for dark, ten years, it? it was um, harrowing. It's dark. Well, it? Really what do, dark. What do you mean? Just the way it grips people. Just the way it grips people down. Yeah. I mean, what it does to you physically, mm. withdrawal, like withdrawal symptoms, um, things you do to get drugs. And I was so codependent and so afraid of. The, the fear of leaving Steve was far greater than staying in the relationship. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and I was clean at the time and I was tr trying to help him get money. 
And I was begging outside a laundrette, trying to get money for him to fund his habit. Oh my you know, God. That, like my dignity and because I couldn't see him ill and I, and I didn't want to leave him. I just wanted him to be well. I've actually so he became my drug. You I've know? seen, uh, I remember this uh, guy used to document his uh, heroin abuse years ago and his parents were very strict against it. They're trying to get him in a program, but they could see their son in so much pain. The dad actually took the son to get drugs because... They because loved, of the, because the, of the, the, the what the, what the heroin does, like I mean, when you're when you're on a come down, like it's a withdrawal, yeah. Like, is, they get physically sick, yeah. like yeah, yeah. every <laughs> part Vomiting, of your body feels like shitting, it's, sneezing, eyes watering, the stench that would come yeah, come off him so, in the morning, just the, the the power of it. I mean, I've got some stories that I'll share, but mm. it, which only happened last week, funnily enough. Are we, you still we, with we, him? We nearly lost him last week, so. Oh my um, God, are you st you're still with No, 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 no. So we spent 10 years together, um, and he, he's been to, I don't know, 15, 16 rehabs. Oh, wow. Um, oh he's really, really struggled to get, I don't know why, but he's one of those addicts that just is really struggling does, to get it. Does he, he admit that he has a problem? Oh yeah. He does. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, this guy's step one is just unbelievable. He's been in intensive care. He's been, had his family around his bed saying, look, your son's going to die. Mm. You know, it's upsetting to hear having that. to learn to, to write again and, and, and but leaving that hospital straight away and scoring. But yeah. Is that not insane? Yeah, it's it, it's yeah. Sorry, it's I will never understand addiction ever. You know, no, I, I, I don't sat think we with ever him will. Going, Steve, I'm begging you, please, 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 don't do this. And he's like, I, I, I don't think we ever ever. Um, will I just think that's understand addiction. I, that's I, why we have to work on it I'll daily. Never, and it's stories like that 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 make me think, make me think. You know, do, do I deserve to? You know, like, am I an addict? But I mean, yes, you are. But but I I know I know I am. I but I think. But what I'm trying to say is, I think it's stories, and I'm so sorry that you've been through that. But it's stories like that that make um, the binge drinking and the bing, binge cocaine using and the and the, the the way that society is now and our culture now that makes it acceptable because they think that that's that's the only real look at an at Well, an to addict. be honest, yeah, when I started, when I got told um, briefly about <laughs> recovery, when I, I think it was like 2019, right near the end of, of my using, um, uh, me, I would say, if someone said you're an, you're an addict, I'm not a smackhead, I'm not a crackhead. Like, and that's what I thought, I was like, I'm not stealing stuff to f fund my drugs, I'm, I'm yeah. not injecting stuff into my body. And then I needed to go to these meetings, I needed to hear people like you, people like you, so I realised, doesn't matter what you're addicted to. Yeah, heroin does a lot worse it's to a, a body. It's about why we yeah, use. Forget yeah. the take the substance yeah. away. It's like why did you use? Yeah, and an it addict. all comes down to cannot cope with the feelings. Exactly. <clears throat> Can't cope with myself. It doesn't matter what it is, Dan. You know. And and I said to you earlier, like binge using, I believe is worse because you're doing well and then you and then you crash and mm. it's like your self esteem must be so low. You know, because yeah. it's like what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I, I yeah. I think right. being on the the other side of someone's addiction as well is if anyone's listening to this, I know how isolating it is and I mm -hmm. think it's really important to talk about it because there are people that aren't going to judge you. Yeah, there, of course there's people that will judge you and say stop doing this, stop doing stop doing that, but it's not yeah. that easy. Yeah, I I never I never never ever under I understand I mean 
I never understood the feeling side of things until, like, for me, it was like, oh, do you know what? I'm just, it's what I've always done. You know, I've always drank, I've always used and stuff <coughs> like that. And I never, um, you know, I never, I mean, I look at I look at the people around me that are, are still sort of stuck in, in what, I guess what I'm trying to say is I never realised that it was my feelings. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And then once I started unpicking that, and there was a saying, I always say it, it's like, you know, instead of trying to escape, you know, the, the the life you have, you know, try and maybe fix your life and then you won't want to escape it. And I think that's, you know, understanding why. Why do you want to... And it's a feeling that you're after, isn't it? And, like, oh, it, for me, it was just the feeling, the feeling of being drunk, the carelessness of it all. Yeah. And the and respite from your own mind. It's yes. like, it's like exactly that. that. Exactly that. That's why so many... So many um, I, I, I say working class, but I mean it's just it's just so prevalent in like your builders, your your fucking all of that, you know, your your bricklayers, your scaffolders. That's why when they get to the end of the fucking well, scaffs probably get to Wednesday, but when they get to when you get that's why so many men just when they get to the end of the week when they should be spending time with their family, they're like, Do you know what? I can't be fucking dealing with that either. I'm mm -hmm. just gonna mm -hmm. So it's the feeling. But And and Dan, to build on what you were saying about like the feeling coming out in this way, coming out in the form of addiction. From just from my own journey and my own understandings, it's like it's responsible for so much anxiety and like depression when you're not allowing yourself to experience those things when you're suppressing them. Mm -hmm. Whether that's like, oh, you have like OCD because you're instead of feeling that you just cancel it out with like an action or a thought. That's just another way of suppressing it, and it all just builds and builds and builds. And yeah, yeah, something's got to give. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, I definitely believe that. I believe that our brain, our brain is uh, like I, I don't know if it's a chemical imbalance or or you know as a species we're not used to being chemically unbalanced you know like yeah. the drink and drugs yeah. so you'll come down or whatever it is it, it, one it's maybe your brain scanning like what is the problem so that's the anxiety but also the stuff you're suppressing yeah. like must be in your head and that must that must be like oh it's coming to the surface and then the pushing down and the constant pushing down must be a form of depression and anxiety or, yeah, or inducing yeah you know back to steve so 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 we got together in 2020 no sorry 2010 yeah it was yeah um and they just continued the cycle of shit basically um there was another incident where he a dealer turned up he hadn't paid the dealer um and i was put behind the door by the dealer and the dealer said if you don't give me my money money i'm he had a gun basically and put it to my head um oh my and God. And I, like I again, did Steve see this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve was there. Um, again, very nice. Just didn't know what what I come from. Like a sh really sheltered upbringing in the countryside in a little village. You know, it's so crazy. Um, such a such a. I mean, your parents must be worth a lot of money, right? They're they've not no not really. But I mean, but what I mean like, is like they're well off, right? They we yeah we I had I was really lucky, fortunate yeah. as a child. I think now the cost of living and it's not it's so hard. Yeah, and yeah. I think old money runs out. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I think it there is a, there's a time where my grandparents did really well and yeah. Um, but, but but you're not you weren't used to these scenes in your no not at all. Mm. I, I thought I'd become a little bit streetwise, but when you're introduced to heroin addiction, it's different a, a, league, a, a, it's different a totally league, different league. And uh, you know what? It, it does get there sometimes for people that might, might do coke or anything like that. It does. It there's a there's a strong chance that it will go down that road. Yeah. Road, you oh, know, yeah because yeah, after yeah. after doing coke for so long, I remember lucky enough. Um, I think it was 
So it was relapsed after my dad died. So I'd only ever done the MCAT, done the Coke, sleeping tablets and just other fad drugs, if you'd say. But, you know, when, when my dad died and then I went um, and then I relapsed, I just wanted, I was in self-destruct mode and I knew a friend that used to do crack. So I text him, all right, mate, want to get on it tonight? Always got crack he has. And at that, that time, I'm so glad he didn't have none. Mm. He literally... Done Did you text him knowing he had it? Uh, yeah, that's the only reason. There was so many people's houses I could have gone around and got on it. I was at home getting on it on my own, mm. you know, and I just, it wasn't doing it for me. Yeah. It really wasn't doing it. So these stories that you're So you sat there thinking, I need more. I wanted, I thought, here I have crack. He's always got crack. It so could have been a very different path. Had and, he, it, and it would have yeah. been, uh, yeah. And, and even though people that are addicted to coke are, are listening to Ed's story now and thinking, well, I, well I, if my life won't get like that. I never thought I'd even think about doing crack. Fucking hell. Like, I you think know. if you're sitting there thinking about whether it's become going to become a problem, I think mm. you've got a problem. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> if yeah, you're definitely. ever thinking, do I need to stop? Yeah, we, yeah. I said, we that, said that, didn't before, I? Yeah. Yeah. Someone messaged me saying, like, Kirk, when is enough enough? And I said, the minute you ask that question. Yeah. The minute you fall. But yeah, so I just want to just really shout out loud. Anyone that's hearing Ed's story that that think, well, no, that, that's that's. That's smack yeah. brown. That, that's heroin. There's a real chance that your buzz will not last on the coke no more, and you yeah. will start looking for higher things. Yeah. So don't just blank out his story. If like you know, it, yeah. this is where it will lead to, can lead to a strong chance. There's a stronger chance that it will lead to that than it won't lead to that. Mm. So yeah. this is why we're trying mm. to nip it in the bud now. Mm. So you know what I mean. These dark stories need to come. Anyway, mm. I, mo I moved in with him. He got thrown out of his flat in in Barnet. Um, and I was living in, again, Chelsea at the time with my best friend. Um, and I moved in, decided to move in with Steve. Um, and we got a flat in Battersea together. Um, and I, I got to a year clean. God knows how I got to a year. It was just self-will, run riot, fixing Steve, like enabling his addiction. And um, I used, I picked up. Um, and that relapse was short-lived and wasn't as harrowing. Mm -hmm. as other relapses may have been. Cocaine, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. cocaine, cannabis. Um, and that, uh, again, I was kind what of... What was that? Can you remember that relapse? Uh, why? A year clean? Do you remember? Do, was there anything... Anger towards Steve. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't blame him. No, 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 yeah. The, what I yeah. was going through. Yeah. Like, fuck, if you can use... Like, do you know what I mean? You're yeah. allowed to fucking use and avoid your feelings. So I'm, I'm going yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. Something just cool. clicked, yeah. Just, I was really resentful towards him. Yeah. Resentment's a real big thing in recovery, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah toxic. Mm. Um, and we, my parents, my parents didn't, not that they didn't like Steve, but I think they struggled. Steve's from quite a different background. Mm. Um, and they struggled with that. I think they expected more of mm. me as their daughter. Mm. Um, and they didn't particularly like him. Um, but they did pay for him to go into treatment, um, when we were living in London together. Um, and he came out of treatment and he relapsed. So he was on methadone at the time and very quickly he relapsed. And my parents said, we're not paying for you to do nothing in London anymore. You can come and live with us. Mm. My God, mm. introducing mama and papa Cobb to a heroin addict <laughs> Did they oh, with shit. a raging heroin habit. Well, you took him there? Yeah. Oh my in. fucking God. <laughs> so Just extreme though, isn't it? Oh, we moved but it'd make a great film. <laughs> I'm, I'd love to. Oh no! What what's he doing over there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we I moved love into it. we moved into my parents' house in the countryside, and um, that was a disaster. 
was it really bad? It was really, really bad, yeah. They'd never seen anything like it. I mean, because I hid my using from them as well, so... And you can't hide the brand. You can't, you can't hide. You can't. You can't. How, 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 when he's disappearing and not coming home, you know, dinner's all laid out. You're dribbling. Dinner, you know, supper. Like, you're what? dribbling oh. and everything, aren't you, Ed? You're not hungry either. Like, so if you could score... Like, it's about getting up in the morning, getting well, and at Newbury, so my parents, I grew up in West Berkshire, so Newbury was a local town. And trying to score a new boot was a nightmare. Mm. Um, and at this point, I think I was literally, I was smoking cannabis. So I just continued to smoke cannabis, yeah. not for long. Um, and mm. my money was going missing from my parents. And we went to my brother's best friend's wedding one weekend. And my dad set Steve up. Oh, put some, left some money out and put a camera there or something. Or yeah. I did put a camera there. No, not camera. Just left it out. Just where? Le yeah. Left it out. Um, and, and we came it. back from the wedding and it had gone. So, but before this had happened, there'd been quite a kind of journey up to yeah. um, us being asked to leave the house right. or him being asked to leave the house and things were going missing. And, and one night he disappeared with the car, with my mum's credit card. <laughs> Fucking my sorry. Mom my mum had gone <laughs> mental, isn't it? My mum had gone <laughs> away and left the credit card for my dad. Mm. And my dad woke me up. One more. This is just one story. My dad woke me up and was like, Edwina, the car's gone. And where's your mother's credit card? I was like, oh, I got it. I got right. it. I must have lost it. Because I would just, I would like. Protect him. Protect, just instantly. Protect him, Dan. Yeah. yeah. Instantly. Because I felt his shame. So I carried his shame. And I was like, yeah. i got to protect him. I've got to protect him. Like this fiercely loyal. Mm. Anyway. Oh, my God. It's um, and then Steve rocks up at like, this was at like four in the morning. My dad woke me up and then Steve rocks in. And he's wearing this purple onesie and he's just fucked, like uh, wired. And I was like, Steve, where's the card? And um, he he gave it to me and I was like, I found it, Papa, I've got the card. But it was just, a, it was just an absolute up, disaster. And he picked up, and he'd gone out, yeah, picked yeah, up yeah, and yeah, used? Yeah. yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he's he an I, IV user. What's that? What? Uh, injecting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he there was another time where i was at my mum's and he'd he was like I, I won't be long it's always that you know like drug dealer time yeah five oh, yeah. minutes five minutes yeah, and it's yeah. like three hours later where the fuck are you mm -hmm. and he lied to me and told me that he'd had a day's work um and i didn't i didn't believe i knew in my gut it wasn't true but i wanted to believe him yeah yeah no of course you, um, you're, cause you're always giving him the benefit of that yeah giving that and, chance and yeah. he, the fear of believing that he was like it was just too much for mm. me to comprehend yeah um and he wasn't answering his phone um and i was really really concerned you know this guy's high risk of of death um and i couldn't get hold of him he wasn't answering his phone and like three four hours had passed um, and he was probably ignoring me like at one point I think the phone went off and then it came on again and and in my gut I thought right track his phone how am I going to track his phone and I was mm. like oh I bought him an iPad so let's go and find my iPhone mm. and I went on to find my iPhone and he was in the Tesco uh, car park in Newbury and I got a taxi there and he was slumped over the the steering wheel, steering wheel um, and he died basically oh wow um an od so he'd overdosed i gave him mouth to mouth i resuscitated him fucking hell man. and he kind of he came round and i said we you, we've got to do something about this steve yeah this can't continue you know um you saved his life though and we went that wasn't the first time dan I've, it's three times i've had to bring him round. fucking hell so At once i couldn't i had to ring an ambulance um and he went down to uh turning point and 
and then we had this wedding and and anyway he took the money it was all a setup and uh my everyone my sister lived in italy i think she was living in italy at the time she lives in florence um and my brother was there and and my family just said look we don't trust him in this house you know he's yeah, got, fair enough he's got to go and i was like well if he's going i'm going wow well, you were trying to keep them alive, weren't you? But can you imagine how heartbreaking that is for your, for a mother? Yeah. For parents. And, it must and be. Your, but for you daughters. as well. No, don't. You just, you've got to think about yourself. Of course. You've met a man that you love. Not only do you love, he makes you feel good. But all of a sudden, yeah. You, know, well, you don't want him to die. So then you're like, if I leave this man. Yeah, but you're res- you feel responsible. Yeah. Like, yeah, you must like have felt. I, like, I didn't understand it, enough about addiction still. Yeah, it makes, you know? it makes me. It, you became addicted to him. He became my drug, yeah. And, and and it makes me realise how much how 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 sad it must be. But he was like the first person that ever accepted me. He never judged me for like any of my shortfall. Do you know what yeah. I mean? He was just yeah. he was just a cool. He was a protector, and I think that's what I was always looking for. Yeah, you know when you meet yeah. like privately educated mm. men, a lot of them are dicks. Yeah, no, no, get you. Yeah, dicks. They're mm. judgmental. They're really they're nasty. It's all about what you look like, how much you've got. You know. And so meeting Steve, he taught me so much, you know, and he still does teach me so much. Like you can see the a, good in a, a, in a he's bad. He's a bright. He's a bright man. Yeah. Um, he's just an he addict. Used to, very good looking. He used to model back in the day. Um, you know, very talented. You know, mm. you can um, just see the good in him, which and yeah, that's, good. that's a good trait from you. Yeah, but once I got the thing with me is once I get into something, I can't get out of it. Yeah, yeah. Like right. I'll fall in love with someone that I've never even met, yeah. or I'll addict. meet someone once and go, "Oh, we're getting married." You're, in the you're morning, an addict, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, we we left. We left, and we were homeless in Oxford. So we went to o- we moved to Oxford because it was the nearest place to a meeting. Right. And Steve, I'd taken Steve to meetings in London before, but he just wasn't interested. Yeah. And then he actually said to me when we went to Turning Point that day, he was like, "Something's got to change. I need to. I need to go to." Was meeting. that the first time you'd heard him? Yeah. yeah, really kind of that surrender. Right. Of like, so I you, can't live yeah. like this anymore. I can't keep doing this, you mm. know. So uh, he's had a, he had a snapping point then as well. Yeah, which is so we moved to Oxford, went to a meeting. We were homeless and then we found a flat. Um, How and long I, were you homeless for? Only like a week. We had yeah, friends in the fellowship like help us out. We sold yeah. loads of stuff to kind of get a deposit together for a flat. Oh my God, but still, you were still homeless for a week. I never knew anything about the benefit system either. So I didn't, it, again, I was still living off my parents. They were helping me out with rent yeah. and... I knew nothing about, you know, which I'm quite thankful for, really, because I think if I knew, if I'd heard about the benefit system way before, my life would would have gone down a very. Oh, you would have been route. on your own. You wouldn't have had to. I your parents wouldn't have been able route. to put a bit of pressure on you, and you yeah. would have just got benefits, drugs, benefits, drugs, yeah, benefit, drugs. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Um, and on the 26th of June, no, 25th of June, 2013, I made a decision to smoke my last spliff and get clean. So the 26th of June, 2013 was my clean date wow i was it was yeah um and we moved to oxford and i was doing lots of meetings and i decided to really kind of jump on board with you know i really loved what i was ready i think i was ready just to to change yeah everything you know bar this relationship it's um, the same after but when we moved to oxford boring. steve was he got on to so he was on subitex um, this time around. So he actually stabilised on his Subitex script. He wasn't using... So Subitex is what you take and get prescribed when you're So it just keeps off. you well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it keeps yeah. you well and then the detox is a little bit that easier. That becomes the an addiction not as bad. Some, Does that become an yeah, addiction? Yeah, it's just a buffer. It's like methadone. Yeah, it, it becomes an addiction. It gets you well. So then people become addicted to that. Don't but you they? can use on top of methadone. You can't use on top of a certain amount of Subitex because right. it blocks the gear. Right, I get you. 
Um, and that kind of that, that kind of takes the point away from it, doesn't it? I guess. Well, it just keeps you well, Dan. So yeah. it's. But know, also, it's... you know, if you score, it ain't going to do nothing for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Um, Which I think is good because like, yeah. what would be the point? Like, going on a bender and then going, I'm going to sniff some gear, but you're like, well, I ain't even going to get high off it. But so. guaranteed, you'll still try it though. Uh, I've. I've I've, <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah, I have honestly. I'd have to. It'd it for me. Yeah, no, no I'd have so to. I'd have to double check there, telling the truth. Have you I, tried I, antibiotics before? No. So benzocaine, what they put, yeah, okay. the numbing agent they put in cocaine. So a friend of mine that used to serve up, he'd run out of everything, and I said, "What's that there?" He said, "That's just benzocaine." I knew that that wasn't a drug and it wouldn't buzz me, but I needed coke that bad. I couldn't wait. Yeah. I just sniffed benzy, knowing it wouldn't. Like, it's a numbing agent. Yeah. Like, and I sniffed it because it, it looked like drugs. It looked like Coke. I know it goes in Coke. The, sh the stupidity, knowing that I won't get off it, but I needed, I just needed yeah. that thing, yeah. that, that yeah. line, because it wasn't yeah. just about what you get off a drug. It's like, it's, it's like that sniffing it, the first bit, like the ritual. Up. Yeah, yeah, the ritual of it, you know. Or, or even the process of it. Yeah. Or the so desperation, like when you yeah. scrape scrape the top where you've been using gear Tobacco and, like, and, and you scrape and it and there's a lot of stuff and you're like, I don't even know if it is. Yeah. You know, and I don't it, really care. Yeah. And yeah, so, so even if you're on that drug uh, prescribed, you're probably still, if you're going to score, oh, you're still trying. Yeah, yeah. Because it's that, that's all you know. But he stabilized for quite a while and I worked. So from like the first day, I made a decision to get clean mm. i looked for a job i got a job mm. um started working and things were things were okay you know things were good and he was was unable to work the steps because yeah. he was still on a script and um but then he you know he so he went and detox to come off of his subutex because yeah. he struggles to detox out in the community um and he used in that detox center and got thrown out Fuck and this hell. kind of went on oh, i mean he's like treatment for steve he's done a lot of time in prison as well but treatment for him is like his new yeah. prison, you know? Yeah. On average, he's been once a year. Um, so it, he was kind of in and out of treatment, but never, it wasn't as hellish as it was in London. Mm -hmm. Like he wasn't using flat out heroin. He was just, subutex became his problem. Yeah. You know, sniffing the subutex to get a little buzz. Yeah. You know? Um, and this just continued for ages. And Steve lost his son uh, to, he James was a stillborn baby um, when Steve was 23. Um, he's now 47 um, and his dream was to be a father um, and I always wanted to be a mother mm -hmm. um, and I said look you know I can't I can't bring up a baby when you're when it's chaotic you mm -hmm. know um, and he went off to treatment and got clean and um, I fell pregnant with with Jack we went to Croatia I found out when we got back from Croatia um, and Jack was born it was quite a traumatic birth um, he was born in 2016 um, and Steve relapsed the day our son was born. I'm so sorry, wow. man. That breaks my heart. I'm sorry. Sorry, that's... You right? not, yeah, because I don't know why that's chicken me, but I'm sorry. That's sorry. And I I'd had a cesarean with oh. him, and, and I went... We went home together. We took Jack home a few days later, um, and I didn't know until that he'd relapsed until we got home. How long was he clean leading up to the birth? Nine months. So Nine he was months. literally clean the entire pregnancy. Yeah, uh, uh, did you speak to him? What happened that day? Like, did he know you were going in for your C-section that day? Yeah, he was there. He was there with me. He was there with me for the yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't a planned cesarean. It was there were oh, right. complications. I was so was, I was induced, and there Do were you, complications. And I'm not. Um, I didn't realise he'd relapsed until I got home, and because the flat was spotless, and he I, he said I just need to go out or something, and then came back, and he was in tears, and Jack was crying, and I couldn't 
get out of my bed because mm, I yeah. had the it's operation and I wanted to grab Jack and Steve came in and I just looked at him and I said, you've used. Yeah. And you he think started he used crying and he said, I can't, I don't want to carry Jack. I don't feel pure. And I was like, well, I need help. Mm. I, I had it with both of my kids. So I don't know why. Oh. You're good, brother. You're smashing it, man. I know, but sorry. But look how much of a good dad you are, man. Mm. Look at everything you do for your kids, Dan. Everything. You work more than anyone that I know because you're going to give the children the best life. Your kids are always smiling. We can't Sorry, always be perfect, man. Okay. We can't always be perfect, but you're an amazing dad. Yeah. Your know, kids constantly smile, brother. No, I know. It's just... It's, of course. I, it's I, just I, going back to it. It's, yeah. it's the feeling, you know, there's, yeah. some, there's something triggered something in him. It was too much for him to cope yeah. with about being a father. Yeah. I don't know. I had the same thing. Uh, you know, we, we say wetting the baby's head and the yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I just went off the rails both times. So yeah. I don't know and why. I've had the same as well. But you're making Dan, up you're for it, Dan, one, brother. Like, you're making up for it double. Sorry, carry on. Carry um... So do you think that Steve uh, relapsed because he was scared that there's a potential chance that you could lose the baby at the birth? I don't know. Because he had like, a stillborn before. I don't know before. if it was the responsibility. I think Steve's a massive avoidant. And I said this to him last week. I was by his hospital bed. We were in hospital. He's been in hospital a week. And, and I said, you're just a massive avoidant, Steve. Like, stop being so selfish and, like, take responsibility. You can't. Mm, I need yeah. your help. Like, yeah. we, we've... Yeah, that, that Jack and Indy were here for them together. I can't. I struggle on my own, you know. Yeah. Like I'll get to that bit, but I. It's really, really parenting. That's one why of the women are so fucking. I've women are so strong. Recovery. I mean, you know, us men f folding at that point. You know, us mm. men like looking at. But I think yeah. it just goes to show, Dan. It's not about we can use when we're happy. We can use when we're sad. It could be snowing. It could be raining. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I know? use. For, it, it, there was it, no it, reason it made me yeah. use every. I mean, like there wasn't a. A, uh, an emotion yeah just use something might have triggered it you know yeah you not that i knew of, yeah it's like you but i just used it wasn't like oh today's it was, hard uh, it was like i was like i uh, subconsciously it must have been like a oh, fuck being a dad mate i'm out like yeah, I, I think i mean not, not, but not not yeah scared. not not thinking that like in general but thinking it at that moment thinking oh my god what's mm. going to happen with life now i just uh, and, and that panic and then needing to escape it but i don't know if it's that but and so, you know like he I always believed that Steve would die using, and that's still a, a potential for mm. that to happen. You know, we nearly lost him last week, and I. But what I want, you're not together, no. No, no. we're best friends. I love him. So what happened when uh, you? So we relapsed the day you was born. Um, yeah. I mean, it's all a bit of a blur, really, when you just become I mean, a, a did, mother and did that yeah. become a long relapse for him then? No, again, he got onto the subutex, and every time that he uses, which is similar to the relapses I've had, it's like. You'll, you'll identify with this as well. It's like, just one. Yeah. It's just one. And it's never, it's that first one does the damage. So anyone yeah. listening, it's never just one. That, yeah. Do not have that first one and you'll be all right. It's just step one. Ignore the you're first, powerless. Yeah, yeah, ignore the first thought. Go with the second thought. Pick up the phone. Reach out. Yeah. You know? It's okay. Like, we're it's addicts. And I always say to clients at work, like, I don't hear people enough in this room saying they want to use. Yeah. I wanted to use on Friday. I wanted to use on Friday. And it's like, I reached out to friends saying, I'm really struggling here. Mm. Yeah. You'll have the urge then. Yeah, but I, I'll get to... Yeah. So anyway, he, he relapsed when Jack was born and then he was on Subutex and then he went to another treatment centre and this just continued, you know, in and out treatment, in and out treatment. Um, and I didn't want Jack to be... Um, firstly, I I always believed Steve would die a heroin addict and I wanted to give him his dream and that was to be a father. Yeah. And that's how much I put others in front of me, which is insane as well. Like, yeah. yes, it's, people might say, oh, you're really lovely, but actually it's like that's quite sad as well, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, prioritising someone else. Yeah. Um. So, and then I also didn't want Jack to be an only child. So 
I think at the time Steve was stable on Subutech. He definitely wasn't chaotic when I fell pregnant with India. It, India was planned as well. Mm. Mm. Um, and again, it was just this vicious cycle of relapse. Was your parents involved once you had children? So, yeah, my parents were, mm. yeah. they. So when I fell pregnant with Jack, they were really angry. I had letter. My brother came up to see Steve and I in Oxford. Really disagreed with it. Give you a stiff word. Yeah. I mean, where I'm from, it's, you know, you can, you get a job, mm. you buy a house, I can house, understand where married. the family are yeah, coming I from. Mean, look, so can I. Yeah, yeah, like a lot of people that are listening are going to probably judge and say, you know, you shouldn't be bringing children into that environment. But but you, you were clean. And also, like, it's like what people need to understand is even though, even to us listening, that's a, a, a mad situation. To you, that was normality as well, yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, your life you, your life was progressing and, you know, you were trying to help Steve. So I get it. I do get I it. I really believed as well, deep down, even though I'd heard in rooms, like, kids don't fix. I really kind of thought, like, maybe, just maybe. Yeah. Well, listen, it I was like you're honesty. doing yeah. anything, anything you can do to help this man. Yeah. Anything. Do you know what I mean? Anything. Yeah. And, you know, unless, unless someone sits and hears your story, I'm glad I've heard your story, you know, I can understand. Mm. You're trying to save a man's life that you love and it was any means necessary. He wasn't yeah. hurting people or anything. You're trying to save a man's life who yeah. you've seen him dead and in a car. Was, you he know? was an amazing dad. And he, like when he's present, he might not be emotionally present a lot because he's on subitex yeah. or, but he's physically, he's amazing. You know, yeah. he, I really struggle with my kids. I really struggle to get down on their level. I don't know if that's my ADD or it's like Jack is very similar to me. Mm -hmm. And I, Jack, our son, has experienced quite a bit of trauma, you know? Yeah. He's a proper boy's boy. He's really sporty. He's been scouted by Southampton already. Football. Wow, wow, well done. He's seven. Like, he's, um, you wow. know. Brilliant. Amazing. Amazing. Trying really to get talented. my son scouted at the moment. Well. <laughs> and he, he needs his dad, you know? Yeah. And, and I always threaten to leave Steve, you know, and like, if you do this again, I'm leaving you. And I never mm. could. I can never stick to that boundary. So if there's any kind of family members listening that are struggling with a loved one's addiction, it's about doing small achievable goals that work for you. So yeah. it's like, listen, if you can't leave your husband or your loved one and you're struggling with, with their addictions, it's l little boundaries that are achievable for you. You know, like you can't use downstairs. You can only use upstairs in this Limiting room. Limiting so the, the space, the time and the areas where it's they It's really use. easy for people to go, oh, you need to leave him. It's like, yeah, well, I fucking know that, but I can't. Yeah. 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 I can't. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> so understand. this is going to be a process. But what was, and I was so scared of going through the step work because you hear people, you know, they do the step four and look at their inventory and... I was really scared that I was going to get to a place of feeling the pain of having to leave Steve. Mm. I never finished my steps. You know. But I got through the step work and and I, I was progressing, you know, mm. because he was stagnant. Yeah. Because he wasn't able to get off his scripts and he wasn't able to go through his steps, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, and, and then I, I found an ADAPT in 2019. What was your, uh, uh, with ADAPT, what, was, what made you come to this? ADAPT? So, becoming a mother. Yeah. So, are you all right then? Yeah, I'm just checking with John. How are we for time? Um, so I think you've got about another eight minutes. Oh, seven yeah, minutes. we're a bit tight on time, but come. Okay. Um, so big, I shared this at the beginning, but I was preg uh, pregnant yeah. with India and I thought, what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, and I wanted to be my own boss to work around childcare. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean like emotionally for, for, cause you could have went and got any job. What was that to, I need to help people. What, well, she had experience I, in it. I yeah. had experience in my own recovery and I saw that people weren't getting treatment and mm. you know, I wanted to bring family, family should be brought back together. It's yeah. a family illness, bring them back together. Yeah. Don't separate them. 
Did you put Steve in the dry house? Steve can't go because it's conflict of interest and he's been on a script, so it's abstinence-based only. Um, And he, I went to boot camp in 2019, end of 2019, and I got a call from the school had rung social services and social rung me saying, if you don't come home now, we're going to put the kids into like 24-hour care. What happened? Steve had had the, the his relapse when I went away he'd relapsed hard and he was in taking care of the two children and he was mm. a baby oh sorry um, and social said you need you, you need to come back and I was in Norfolk like I was that's far where I live. Away yeah that's far thought, yeah okay well school pickups in like two hours I'm not going to be able to get back to Oxford then so a friend of ours very kindly went and stayed at my house with the kids and I left early from boot camp and came back for the following morning um, and I, I thought I can't do this anymore. No. I'm I'm done. Yeah, I'm yeah. done. And yeah. that was so painful, knowing that I was done. And I, I'd said to him, I said, I'd, you I'd, tried, man. I tried, and I just said to him, I'm I'm not in love with you anymore, Steve. Mm. Well, Steve wasn't there no more. I'm sorry, and I, I that I made that decision to, and he went into treatment in 2020, and I, and I I left him. Mm. I wrote him a dear John letter. Um, you tried your best though, honestly. Yeah. But also, also, you probably knew you were doing wrong as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've, I, I've got, I've got to, to say, it. how got, selfish am I being? Yeah, I've like, got to say it how it is. You it, like for the school to ring you for social services, yeah, for that, all of that. Yeah. That must have been like you might right. It's one thing trying to help him, but now I'm doing wrong, staying there. Like, exactly, and I'm running a dry house, and I'm promoting recovery, recovery, yeah. recovery. You know, and your kids can, you, you know, there comes a point where, you know, like, you know, I've got to hold my hands up as well. You know, they, you know, there must have come a point where she, my missus was like, well, look at the state you at the weekends. Like, is this good for the yeah. kids to be around? There yeah. comes a point, you know, yeah. and there comes a point where everything that I tried before with Steve hadn't worked, and I knew yeah. the last thing was to leave him. Mm. And unfortunately, that didn't take him to his rock bottom. You know. Um, mm. So still, Steve's still active addiction now? Yeah, he's still uh, in active in addiction hospital. now. He's, he's coming out of hospital today. He's waiting to go into detox again. Oh, um, but he's had two abscesses. One of them was very nearly sepsis. So. But last Monday I took him to the hospital and he wouldn't stay. And he the obsession was so bad and we were screaming at each other outside the hospital. We're both in tears. And I was saying, Steve, I beg you, please, you're going to die. You're mm. going to die. I can't lose you. Um, and he said, I, I want to use. And I thought, in that moment, I can't fight. You cannot. Yeah. fight with the, with the disease there's no winning and when he said disease. that i just thought cool i dropped that, him home and just said try and get yourself to hospital tomorrow that's addiction that's that's addiction like knowing that you have died you are going to die yeah. and saying i need to use yeah yeah maybe people pop- say addiction ain't real yeah this yeah. man's died and knows he's going to die within weeks yeah. months or years it's a mental illness yeah and physical you know I mean? and with the, with the, but, go on. i know we're getting to the end yeah but a big part of my story is when I got to eight years, I so I really struggled during COVID. I was yeah. able to work because of you know uh, the dry house and yeah. I was a key worker a, yeah, and the kids were at nursery yeah. and stuff. Um, but I felt really disconnected and I felt really I lonely. Did. I relapsed in lockdown. I felt I really struggled and I, I got my eight years at a meeting. Are you eight? Well, you now. Hang on. Oh. <laughs> I got to um, eight years and I went to a meeting and I said. I'm really struggling, and if I don't sort something, I'm going to use. Mm-hmm. And within three weeks, I was using. Oh, sorry. Um, so just after my eight years clean time, I relapsed. Um, cocaine and cannabis. Again. Cocaine, benzos, a little bit of cannabis, but not really. What was the break? And then point to that. Uh, I 
became addicted to work. So my phone was on at all hours. I was mm. picking up the phone. You know, you were talking people reaching out to you earlier and yeah. stuff. Just be careful of that because yeah. I became again wanting to help people and answering calls of people that were fucked in the night saying, Help me and I'm answering at like three o'clock, juggling two children that are missing their dad. <coughs> you know, single mm. mother, working for running my own business. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I used and I ended up down the crack and heroin route. So the first oh time I God. scored. For the first time? Yeah. For the oh, first yeah. time? Yeah, so I tried heroin before in London, but ne- never gone down the route of, you know. Mm. Uh, but I think having a bit of recovery <sighs> helped me. So I was using for 18 months, yeah. Mm. And I, <laughs> the insanity is I was turning up. My colleague noticed something wasn't right and he confronted me and he said, what is going on? I'm worried about you. And I said, do you really want to know? And he said, yes. And I said, I, I've, I've relapsed. Mm. And he was like, well, you're going to need to step away. And yeah. the trustees all came together and I had to step away. And, and the fucking shame. The shame, yeah. The shame. Because I'm a face in Oxford because of the charity. Yeah. So yeah, it was, the, I the, have no anonymity, company. even if I, do you know what I mean? It's like people talk mm. and, um, and, I, and I relapsed. And I went to a meeting. I was off my face. And because I'd been to that meeting and owned it, I thought if I use again and I'll own, be all right. own it. I, but I also thought, I, yeah, but I used again and thought I've already owned it. I can't say it again because of my job. I'm terrified of losing my yeah. job. So this continued. I was leaving groups, taking groups at work, <laughs> leaving work, smoking crack and telling everyone about how great recovery is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know a friend of using. mine. I neglected my children. My daughter became my, my caretaker, like coming up in the morning. Wow. I overdosed in the bath. My kids, I left my kids in the bath. I overdosed. Um, oh my God, I'm sorry. It's fucking hard. And, to to. and this started with cocaine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the crack. And the first time I scored, I had to be careful because I've got stickers of a adapt on my car. <laughs> and I was going down the night shelter. All these drug but dealers are running. I went She's coming to, to the night, night shelter and a client was coming to the doctor's next to the homeless shelter. And he was like, what are you doing? He was like, oh, I'm just handing out some flyers. Yeah. I'm trying to score. Trying well, to score. And it was just absolute insanity. Anyway, the, it all came out. Did the social services friend, get involved? Social services got involved. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I, I mean. With um, me. That was just awful. Steve was completely fucked. He couldn't do anything. But I was reaching out to him when I was using. Because mm. I was like, I, I need your help. Did you use with him when you relapsed? Yeah. 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 Oh my god! I, it was just a, it like, and I, it, but it was so quick. I just thought, "Fuck it, I'm going to use." Yeah, yeah. When I when I relapsed, it was from f- from thinking about, oh, I'm going to use. So fuck, I've just I've just got it as quick. It, there was a limited space that I could do something about, but it was locked down. I, I isolated myself from my group that I was with. Remember what I said when when they sort of betrayed me? I was stuck on my own. I didn't have no meetings, and it was. I'm, like, I'm going to use, oh shit, I'm using as quick yeah. as that. There was no thought process, you know, and that, the only reason mm. I, that was because I wasn't working steps, I wasn't working recovery. And as as you said earlier, we will never understand addiction, which means we will always have to keep working at it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You know? So I'll be celebrating year on the 4th of September. A year. Oh, well done. So soon, yeah, yeah, next well done. two weeks. And what, um, so adapt now, let's, let's get a bit more onto adapt. So um, what kind of people are going to adapt? Where have they just been? prior to that and so quite often i'm be, uh, over 80 percent of our clients have been street homeless yeah um usually a lot of our referrals are self-referrals we get a lot of cocaine users we get some mm-hmm. heroin addicts that have detoxed out you know and yeah. um yeah. what is a day-to-day journey for someone that is in a dry house for adapt so they come in to adapt um they're allocated to bedrooms so we've mm-hmm. got 10 houses but 
seven of them are move-on properties. So once yep. they've completed their treatment, yep. <clears throat> we provide move-on for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they come in, they're allocated a, a specialist addictions therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, Monday to Friday, they'll do group therapy, workshops, and a mini group. Yeah. Um, and we also provide now boxer size classing every Thursday. Oh, perfect. They yeah. go to the gym, they get 10% off our local gym. Do they get drug tested? They get regular random drug tests, yep. swab tests, your temperature, urine checks. One, mm. one strike, <clears throat> you're out. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're out. You can't. You can't use yeah. abstinence-based housing. Uh, friendly environments. Really friendly. We're we're very kind of family, community-based. Yeah, Everyone but, on the team has got lived experience of addiction. Uh, do you know? Have you got a percentage of recovery yet? I know recovery is never promised, but so our kind of how we base our success is if families are being brought back together, yeah. so uh, back in got... employment, and yeah, we we do have that. We had one client recently who didn't see his children for seven years, and he's just seen them. Oh, well That's amazing. So, so to your company yeah. and to answer this, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, what you do, what you've been through, is traumatic for anyone, even to hear about it. What you are doing for the community is phenomenal. It's amazing. Um, and you sound like you're still going through trouble, you know, with Steve, yeah. with the kids. And so... And with your own addiction. Admiration to you, Thank you. But still carrying on this because it comes to a point sometimes you're like, fuck it, I'll just throw the towel in. And you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got respect for you as a woman, a single <laughs> mum, uh, a recovering addict, someone that's doing um, work for people uh, in addiction. So I'd like to... Help you out in any way I could, thank please. You. And yeah, I think you, you've gone through a lot and you're doing amazing. So thank you. Thank you. Can people have you got a link where people can donate? Yes. So I'll put it. I'll put it in the description of this. There's, there will be yeah. a link in this now if yeah, you want to yeah. donate towards the dry houses. And could we help you open more dry houses? Do you think? Yes. That we're. I'm crying out. For, there's people. We've got a waiting list of 32 at the moment. Do the government help at all? No. It's not so fuckers, isn't they? It's don't, we're really asking for right. donations. Well, Anyone that's got any property that want, you know, like yeah. we, we, there's loads that I can discuss with. But you the people need to go into rehab first to come out. So can't we? Can we help getting people into rehab for funding as well? But we no, they don't need to. No, they we, go what, straight to the dry oh, house. Oh right, okay, okay. House. Well, that's yeah. brilliant. So I can. This is real time help that I can yeah. help the boys in in the mates group. Right, yeah. so I'm going to get. We're male on this. only as well. That's not out of choice. It's just because there's more males that come and it. Yeah. Would right, be we're, I'm going to get on this. We're going to do some. Um, we're going to do some mates dry out. And just and to say, we also uh, have a family program. So any cool. loved ones that are struggling with someone's addiction, please call me. Perfect. Oh, just to say as well, don't think that just because you're going to a safe house, guys, that you are safe that, that, that there's anything wrong with you <laughs> no that there's anything wrong with you you know oh, like right. to an extent of oh, like uh, well no I, know, i'm a firm believer it's your environment you've got to change your environment trying, change your ways all you're trying to do is better yourself yeah. so all, don't look at it as oh i'm a failure if i'm doing this all you're doing is you're just suffering at the moment and going to this safe house is going to benefit you your friends and your family and it's going to give you a bit more knowledge of addiction sobriety and will save your life it's no joke it will save your life um the the opposite of addiction is human connection and you you get that with us at adapt perfect right i better wrap this up and i want to i want to first of all say thank you eddie thank you for sharing thank you kirk I love to. Yeah, uh, and thank you. And I just want to clarify something because it's going to be so easy for people to judge you on this, especially with the stuff that's involving uh, your children, because that really connected with me. And it and it and and I just want to say before anyone before anyone judges um, Eddie here on, uh, just bear in mind a couple of things. She's an addict. Steve was an addict, 
and just look at yourself as well. How many times have you been drunk around your kids or how many times have you, you know, uh, has alcohol and uh, come downs and Effective. cocaine? How long, how many times has it taken you away from your family? How many times have you d drove drunk or, you know, it's so easy for us to judge and I'd, uh, and I'd be heartbroken if I saw so many people judging because I know personally myself that I have not been a great father because of my, my addiction. Same with me. So Same not with me. Because, of, because of my addictions and they, uh, and you know, there's different levels to addiction. So, you know, you can't even get into the you can't even get into the thought process of it, process of it. But you tried so hard. You've put, put your family first, and you've overcome so much, and you're working constantly. And now you're giving back. So thank you so much. And sharing on here, uh, we've, we're running the risk of being judged, but you know all about that anyway. Do you know what I mean? That's we get, we get, okay. we, yeah, uh, yeah. You're trying to help. That's yeah. It. yeah. I just wanted to clarify that before people jump because I know what social media is like. You know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So do you. And sometimes we can be judged for that. But I, I, I think look, it's it, it, it's a it's a beautiful thing. And uh, congratulations. And um. And I'm going to personally uh, keep in touch with you, and I know Kirk will. And I'm going to I'm going to put you, mates and the dry houses together. Let's get some and, more. Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to make that happen. Kirk, thank you, mates. Good to thank have you, you back, John. Uh, yeah, great stuff. Really, really powerful. And yeah, so good luck with the projects and everything. Yeah. Thank you, John. That was emotional, wasn't it? Yeah. I kind of it it uh, honestly it triggered me, and I knew I, I said I don't know why I'm triggered. Then I instantly knew why I was triggered, and it was just the word suicide. <laughs> I've had a, I know I've had a hard weekend. You, that, I was that was the earliest I've cried. I think in an episode, I was quite. That was yeah. quite like 25 minutes in. But. Me and you were. T oh God, <laughs> well, the worst host ever. We're like, uh, no, it's been a tough week. It's I don't know a few days for me. So yeah, yeah. you yeah, we'll have a chat about that. Yeah. We'll have a chat about that. But you brilliant. Right? Yeah, good. I need we'll this today. And uh, yeah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> God, it's a bag of emotions. Dude. You're the only one that didn't cry. It's your story. Uh, I'm, I can detach very easily. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look. See, and it, for me, it just it boils down to it, you know, just that triggering, wetting the baby's head and da 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 da, -da and everything. Oh, yeah. man. And that's why being sober, you know, the feelings come And we don't up. have to use on it today. Yeah, exactly. You know? Talk you know, about it. Talk, that's it. Talking about it. Um, all right. Oh. <gasps> Right, we're going to put um, Ed's uh, socials up on here so you can you can um, go and see them. And the link is down there if you would like to donate. Thank you very much. Sharing is caring. And listen, this was a beautiful episode. We've been crying out for this from, from the perspective of not just an addict, but the partner of an addict, being in the family of an addict, being associated with an addict, when your friend is an addict, how to deal. So if you know someone that's going through that or your partner has been going through that, tag them in this and show it. There's a lot of love that can be shared and, and an understanding from both perspectives. That was Menace to Sobriety. Thank Hello, we are going to take the Menace to Sobriety to the live stage and we need a live studio audience to interact with us, to come along, listen, laugh and learn everything about sobriety, mental health, well-being and just come along for a night out with like-minded people. We are going to be going live on the 30th of August, 27th of September, 25th of October and the 29th of November. That's one a month. Get your tickets now. Come down, meet the team and have some fun. Menace to Sobriety live, coming soon. Oh, yes. And don't forget, if you want to come and see me live and meet me, I'm going on tour. The Daniel O'Reilly Out of Character Full UK Tour kicks off in January 2024 and tickets are on sale right now. I'm going to try and get out and meet as many of you as possible. And of course, I'm going to be bringing the laughs all over the UK. There's 23 dates right now and I'm adding more all the time. Hit the link in the bio and get your tickets now and come have some fun. If you're going through a tough time at the moment, please don't suffer in silence. Feel free to pick up the phone and contact any of these helplines. I personally, myself, at one of my darkest points, contacted the Samaritans and it completely changed my outlook and got me out of a really deep, dark place. A problem shared really is a problem 
halved. So if you don't feel confident talking to those around you, check out any of these organizations and give them a call. This is my Facebook group. Just simply search on Facebook, Men and Their Emotions. It's for men only, uh, but once you're in there, you can talk anonymously about your problems and help others and just feel a little bit of community. So come join the conversation, Men and Their Emotions, on Facebook. Thanks for watching. Menace of sobriety, just a menace, just, just a menace, just a menace, menace of sobriety, just a menace, just, just a menace.